0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We we'll look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled Whom Say Ye That I Am? It shall be focused on a study of Mark chapter 8. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we see this all-important question that you asked your disciples who they thought you were. And through revelation, Peter said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. We thank thee for the revelation of who you are in this last day, particularly what your word says for our day, and we thank thee for recognizing our day and its message, we pray, Lord, may We live up to what you've prescribed us to live up to. And we thank thee for we know whom we have believed. And we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which we've committed unto thee against that day. Speak to us, Lord, today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Mark chapter 8.
1: Chapter 8. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his
2: disciples unto him, and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. For diverse of them came from far. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men
0: with bread here in the wilderness?
1: And he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and gave thanks, and brake, and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes. And he blessed, and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat, and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about four thousand. And he sent them away. And straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples, and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came forth, and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit,
2: and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them.
1: And entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith
2: unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand, Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not? And having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember? When I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand?
1: And he cometh to Bethsaida, And they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up, and said, I see men as trees, walking. After that he put his hands again upon his eyes, and made him look up. And he was restored, and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answereth, and saith unto him, Thou art the Christ And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying,
2: Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And
1: when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will
2: come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed, when he cometh in the glory of his Father
0: with the holy angels. Up next... We shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Brenham titled, The Entombment. This was preached in 1957 on April the 20th. We'll begin at paragraph 11 up to paragraph 34. I trust you find it to be a blessing.
3: The first thing we wish to draw your attention to is the infallibility of God's Word. God keeps His Word to the letter. And tonight we want to fasten our thoughts on that. That God keeps His Word. We can rest assured of anything that God has said in His Word to be the truth. And faith does not rest upon the shifting sands of man's ideas or man's theology, but it has its final resting place on the unmovable rock of God's eternal Word. The Word, if God has said it, that is forever the truth. He can never take it back and say, I did not mean it. I can say things. You can say things. Then we are prone to have to take it back because we said it with the best of our knowledge and with the best of our ability. But then God is so much different from us. He is infant. Therefore, he does not say one thing unless it is absolutely perfect. He never has to take it back, never has to apologize for what he said. It always stands the truth. Even for Jesus, in this great days that we're in celebration, when God really slayed His Son for the sins of the world was perhaps thousands of years before even the foundation was ever laid. God spoke the Word and it's a finished product in heaven when God speaks it. It's already finished. Oh, if we could only grasp what that means What different people we would be to see in his books the judgments that is placed in here for the disobedient. It would make a man examine himself hour by hour. It would make the righteous rejoice hour by hour to read the blessings that God has promised to the faithful. And we can rest assured that every word will be fulfilled. Just anchor our soul on it. It's always been that way. When God spoke to Noah, way back in the Andalusian world, maybe perhaps before a Bible was ever written, or this Bible anyhow, was ever written. God told Noah there was coming a storm and the waters were going to cover the earth. And without one speck of evidence that it would happen, everything very contrary, Noah moved with fear and built the ark, prepared it, it was for the saving of his household, and himself. God never let him down because it was his word. It had to happen when God said it would happen. Now, when Job, the oldest book in the Bible that's written perhaps before Genesis was written, And it was included in the Bible. And Moses wrote the Genesis. Job in his book. He rested solemnly upon the promise God made him. And he stood by his burnt offering. Without a fear in his heart. Knowing that what God had said God was able to perform. And when everything seemed to go contrary, Job stood firm because God's promise was firm. God promised Job and Job rested on that promise. Oh, if the church could ever get to that place to where it could solemnly rest Rest upon God's eternal Word to be the truth. What a difference there would be. What a correcting there would be. What a cutting away there would be. What a joy there would be. What a power there would be. When men and women would take God at face value what He said is the truth. No matter what the circumstances look like, that has nothing to do with it. God said so, that settles it. And Job, when he was in the most trying time of all his experience, when he had been found in the presence of God, a just man, even God said he was perfect. There was none like him in the earth. And Satan was given the privilege to tempt him, saying, I'll make him curse you to your face. And he almost took Job's life and would have done it, but God drawed a boundary line. Said, you can do anything to him, but don't take his life. Then when Job stood at the very tempting of the crucial moment, he said, I know my Redeemer liveth, and at the last days he'll stand on the earth. Though the skin worms destroys this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. No matter and how unreal it seemed. There was something that Job anchored his soul on God's eternal promise. Oh, if we could only do that. Notice, he rested on the promise. I know my Redeemer liveth. And I want you to notice for future words, I wish to say, Job specified his burying place. And when Job died, he was buried thus. There was another man by the name of Abraham who took God at his word. And he believed God. And he called those things which were contrary. To the promise God gave him, as though they were not, Amen. he took God at His word. And when the days passed, and the weeks, and the months, and even the years passed, that never phased Abraham one bit. The Bible said he staggered not through unbelief at the promise of God, but was faithful giving praise unto God. When everything seemed to every day, it simply did grow more difficult every day. But instead of getting weaker, Job got stronger every day. Oh, what a blessed assurance we have when difficult seems to rise to make the thing that God has promised an impossibility, instead of carrying off back into the world, we ought to stand the more firm than we ever stood on. Thus saith the Lord. It ought to settle it when God says something. And Abraham called those things which were as though they were not because they were contrary to the word. And when Abraham lost his sweetheart and wife Sarah, after many years living together, he bought a portion of ground near the place where Job was buried and buried Sarah. Wonder why? They were prophets. They seen, they contacted God. And now when Abraham died, he was buried with Sarah. Now he did not want these fellows to give him that portion of ground. He bought it before witnesses. What a beautiful type of baptism. He Bought it before witnesses that it was his possession. Oh, that's the way a real believer ought to come. Not slip off in the corner, but stand before the witnesses. I am a witness of the Lord Jesus and of the Holy Spirit and of his great works. And so much more as we see this evil day approaching. And then when Abraham's son, which was Isaac, the promise was to be given him. And when Isaac died, he was buried with Abraham. Amen. And Isaac begot Jacob. And when Jacob was died way down in Egypt. But notice, Before he died, he said to his prophet's son, Joseph, Come here, son, and put your hand up on my crippled hip. For remember how he was crippled is because the angel of the Lord touched his hip. And he lived from that day on. He said, lay your hand on my hip and swear to me by the God of our fathers that you will not bury me down here in Egypt. Why? Oh, they had the word. They had the revelation. And may I stop here to say? That the church of the living God is built upon Amen. divine revelation. Amen. Not upon denomination, organization, not Amen. upon creeds or doctrines, but on spiritual revealed truth of the living God. Amen. Amen. Abel in the Garden of Eden had it. When the church began, how did he know to bring a lamb? Why didn't he bring fruit like Cain did? but it was revealed to him. Jesus, once speaking, said, Who does man say I, the Son of Man, am? Some said you're Moses and Elijah, so forth. He said, But who do you say I am? You see, it doesn't rest upon what somebody else thinks. It's what you know to be the truth. Amen. What? Do you say?
4: Amen.
3: That question would meet every one of us in the face tonight. What do you say? And Peter, quickly speaking up, without one hesitation, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. As Jesus, who knowed the secrets of all hearts, For he was none other than Jehovah manifested in flesh. And he said, Blessed art thou, Simon, the son of Jonas. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father which is in heaven has did this. And upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And we people, as we come on, we Lutheran want to walk by faith. We Methodists want to shout to get it. You Pentecostals want to speak with tongues to get it. But that's 10 million miles from it. It is a divine revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the person of His being, made manifest in the heart. Upon this, Rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It works perfect with Matthew twenty-four five twenty-four or Saint John five twenty-four. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has Amen. everlasting life Amen. and shall never come into condemnation, Amen. but has passed from death unto life. Amen. Not because you have any move, any emotion, but because you have been the privilege of heaven, Christ revealed to you from heaven. Amen. Upon this rock I build my church.
0: As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that You've hid these things from the eyes of the wise and the prudent, but You reveal it to babes such as would learn. We thank Thee for the revelation of Your Word in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
4: Help him walk that long does he rule. Is he tired? Is Is he bleeding? Is he crying? Cross now. Is that a soldier I see piercing His side This is God's son.